Hi, this is Wendy Lockhart, your host on the Not So Perfect Journey, where we dive into all topics relating to mind, body, and spirit on the journey to becoming our authentic selves. Hello, everybody. Welcome to, or welcome back to the podcast. This is our last episode of January. And so our last episode on the final step of an authentic journey for hearing the call. Maybe you already know exactly what you need to do to be more authentic, but maybe you're still struggling a little bit. You've heard a whisper. You know something is off, but you can't quite put your finger on what it is. Don't worry. I've got you. This is what this episode is all about. The creative process is one that allows us to think outside the box, to change our perspective and see things in a different way. You can apply creativity to problem solving, how you arrange your furniture, or how you approach creating the life you want. It's not just about art or music or other artistic fields. When you approach something creatively, it can help you become unstuck in old patterns or old ways of thinking. And this is exactly what hearing the call is about. Shunrayu Suzuki, the Zen Buddhist monk, said, In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but the expert's mind, there are few. Think about when you were young, you were a beginner in the ways of you the possibilities for what your life could look like were endless. Think about what you wanted to be when you were young. Personally, I thought it would be awesome to be a race car driver. But back then there were zero visible female race car drivers, so I put that one aside. (laughs) What dreams did you put aside because they seemed out of reach? The world has changed so much in the last 40 years. Many of the barriers that held people back from their dreams are at least less opaque, if not totally shattered for some careers. Who did you want to be? I always saw myself living in the desert because I spent so much time at my grandmother's house in Arizona. It wasn't until I was 50 years old that I took a leap, took a risk, and achieved that dream. And when I did, it absolutely changed my entire way of being. The positive impact it had on my psyche is hard to completely put into words. Moving to the desert changed me. I'm more relaxed, and that helped me meditate more easily, which led to a whole host of positive changes. Where are you limiting yourself because you think it's not possible? How can you look at your life with a beginner's mind again, the way you did when you were young? To help you get back into that beginner's mindset headspace, we're going to use Carl Jung's process of active imagination to dig into your unconscious and pull out kernels of your authentic self that may be hiding there. By utilizing this process, we can access our inner wisdom and undertake the journey of individuation to get closer to becoming our authentic selves. Connecting you to your emotions of joy and interest can help heal past injuries and break down the barriers that we may have erected that are holding us back. Jung used this process in psychotherapy with his patients. He also did it personally a lot. 
He encouraged his patients to draw, paint, dance, to express themselves through nonverbal mediums as well. Before we start the process, the first task is to notice what dreams you may be having when you sleep, or what are you daydreaming about when you're awake? Are there any particular fantasies you might have? Trips you're dreaming of taking? Are there songs you notice that keep appearing throughout your day that interest you? What clothing or objects are you fantasizing about purchasing? Now we are ready to turn our attention to the next steps to take one of those fantasies or dreams and activate it. Just having a fantasy or dream isn't enough to reach into your unconscious. We need to use an active process to explore the fantasy or dream to dig deeper into its meaning. What distinguishes this process is that you become an active participant rather than a passive participant. In that way, you can access and uncover any hidden meanings and the wisdom of your imagination. So next we're going to do some associations where we bring the process to bring this consciousness to our unconscious. After that, we amplify, adding depth and understanding to what mythological or symbolic associations that may arise. The third step is analyzing what our unconscious is trying to communicate through these associations. After that, we assimilate and confront the key messages that have arisen we wish to take on our journey. The final step is actualizing the insight we have gained to perform a personal ritual to resolve any conflicts you may have in your psyche. There are four ways you can begin the active imagination process. All of them start with sitting quietly for about 20 minutes, connecting to something to go deeper into. One way is to begin with a disturbing mood. Connect into the emotion to ask more about what the feeling is. Is it anger, depression, anxiety, sadness, frustration, or maybe a blend of these? Be curious about it and explore deeper. How does it feel? What does it look like? Are there objects around you? What kind of landscape? At this point, you don't need to analyze further. We'll get to that later. This early step is just about the noticing. Another way to start an active imagination is with a dream, figure, or image. This is what I did my first time using the process. Many of my dreams involve water of some sort, so I was curious about exploring water from my dreams. Sometimes it's a river or creek, sometimes a tidal wave or oh, the open ocean. When I sat quietly and started exploring, an image of a bathtub came to mind. I love water. I love taking baths. So that was no surprise. Jung wrote about this step. Don't try and make it into something. Just do nothing but observe what its spontaneous changes are. Any mental picture you contemplate in this way will sooner or later change through a spontaneous association that causes a slight alteration of the picture. You must carefully avoid impatiently jumping from one subject to another. Hold fast to the one image you have chosen and wait until it changes by itself. As I focused on my bathtub, deal details about it began to emerge. It was white with gold claw feet, very rounded corners and soft edges, very feminine. 
The third way is to start thinking about a daydream that came to mind and exploring that further. Again, the goal is just to observe deeply, not make any judgments. You can start with a person, place, or situation. The last way is more open-ended, and it starts with a desire to engage the unconscious and notice whatever bubbles up. Unlike meditation, where we are trying to quiet our minds, this process actively engages it. Feel free to notice shapes, colors, objects, whatever pops into your mind. Choose one of these four starting points to begin your process. Write down whatever you can remember because we'll use that information as the jumping off point for the next stage, associations. Think about the objects you saw in your mind. In mine, in addition to the bathtub, there was a brightly colored chameleon sitting on the edge. The tub was in a jungle and there was a peacock in the trees in the tub, above the tub. (laughs) A woman was soaking in the water a snake coiled around the trunk of a tree. To the left of the tub was a path leading to a sunny area off in the distance. To dig into the associations these objects have, we need to take a look at mythological meanings. Chameleons traditionally are associated with camouflage or adaptability. Peacocks may represent grief. There were drops of water coming off the peacock like tears. The road to sunshine could represent a lot of things. You can research these objects on the internet using spiritual or mythological meaning as part of your search phrase. When I did this for the peacock, I found more that the Greek myth meaning was all-knowing or all-seeing because of the eyes on the feathers. And of course, a tub full of water is very symbolic for the womb. The next stage is to amplify the images we have experienced. Jung believed in something he called the collective unconscious, that in our DNA, there are common patterns of thought and emotions that exist in all human beings. We can see this in religion and mythology. Even though cultures through the ages may have never interacted with each other, there are common themes that run through all of our human stories and rituals. Jung was convinced these similarities were a manifestation of this collective unconscious. The people that are present in our active imaginations probably represent some aspect of our personality. How would you describe the characters in your active imagination? In my bathtub, there was the woman resting peacefully, clearly relaxed and happy. What part of my psyche might she represent? Here are four options per Jung. The first is the persona. The persona is the face you show to the world. It is the mask we use to interact with others. Of course, the goal of being authentic is that the mask and your true self are one and the same. But if you're not aligned yet, your persona is the compromise between your inner self and the rest of the world. The second option is the ego. The ego is the center of your consciousness, the junction of your inner and outer self. In active imagination, myths and stories, the ego is frequently symbolized by the hero slash heroine figure. Next is the shadow. 
The shadow is the figure inside ourselves that wants to do all the things we don't allow ourselves to do. It is uncivilized, characterized by negative emotions. It is our dark side, which we may or may not want to think about or interact with. We're actually going to do a whole month on the shadow self later this year. The shadow is frequently characterized in our active imaginations or dreams by beggars, thieves, drug addicts, perverts, or any kind of figure that society frowns upon. The last option is the anima slash animus. Jung believed that the psyche was androgynous, and there you don't need to choose one of those, you are both. But one side may be more present in your active imagination. The anima, the female side, is frequently characterized as a dreamer, a woman, a sister, a cow, a cat, a tiger, a cave, or a ship. The animus, or male side, could be symbolized by an eagle, a bull, or a lion. Thinking about the characters that may have appeared in your active imagination, ask yourself, where do I see those same traits in my personality? What part of me thinks, feels, behaves like that? Is this someone I have interacted in my life recently? For my woman in the tub, for example, I feel like she represents my anima or my feminine side. Next, we're going to do this with each image. What is the setting of your active imagination? Is it a mountain, which represents where heaven and earth meet, a place of divine revelation? Or a large body of water, which represents the unconscious? Were you able to see into the depths, or was it clouded? Mine took place in a forest, a jungle, which can also represent the feminine. Forest places can be easy to pass through or represent obstacles that might be overcome, like they're difficult to travel through. Another common setting is a car or a vehicle, which could represent traveling through life. I frequently have a dream where I'm in a boat on a river um, or just floating in a river, but it's like a really fast moving creek. So something like that would also represent traveling. One of the most common settings, though, is a house. Jung believed that a house was representative of our full psyche and that the rooms represented different aspects of our emotions, attitudes and complexes. I frequently dream about houses. A lot of my houses have secret rooms in them too. I wonder what that means. (laughs) And I've visited similar houses in multiple dreams. So I go back to the same places over and over. When my life is difficult, someone is usually trying to break into my house and I may be scared. My houses have changed over my lifetime as I have evolved. If your active imagination location was a house, think about the rooms. What do they look like? How do you feel? What do you think they might represent? Was the setting tidy or was it messy? What colors was it? Was it dark or light, day or night? We can also amplify animals that may be in our active imagination. I had a peacock in in my active imagination, but there was also a chameleon present. For me, this represented the different roles I have played in my life, always trying to please others and blend in. In the active imagination, I didn't feel threatened by it. I felt like I had control over it, more like a pet. 
If you also have animals, think about their characteristics and what part of your personality they may represent. Next, we want to assimilate all these images and information into what message we may be receiving. Was the active imagination in line with your practical daily life or something you felt was very different from who you see yourself to be? Was the archetype inside you trying to tell you? Can you accept it and assimilate it into your being? Would doing so have an extreme impact on your life and who you think you are? We may have to confront ethical messages we have received. The final step in the process is to create a ritual or ceremony to honor the images received in your active imagination. Rituals can look and feel many different ways. Do what feels right for yourself. Maybe you would like to do a gratitude ritual or spruce up your space with flowers or a new plant. A ritual is just any sequence of events that can be repeated. For example, my morning ritual consists of drinking water, writing my artist's way morning pages, having a coffee, meditating, and then exercising. Or think of Japan's tea drinking ritual, which involves choreographed steps. My husband and I actually have an afternoon tea ritual that we really enjoy. Maybe you want to do a walking meditation, clear your space, or something else that brings you peace. I like to sketch out the images I have received from my active imagination to use later for artwork. The options are endless, but do whatever you want to make it your own. And this brings us to the end of a longer than episode, longer than normal episode. I hope you decide to try out the active imagination process. I would love to hear what you discovered. Send me a message through my wendylockhartwellness.com website or on my Instagram page at notsoperfectjourney. Make sure you follow the show so you don't miss an episode. Apparently, Apple changed something recently that um, caused a whole bunch of people to drop off shows that they were following. And next week, it's going to be exciting because we're going to take the next step on the journey. So in February, we're going to be talking about entering the wilderness. Until then, have a beautiful week. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to not let the perfect be the enemy of the good on your not so perfect journey.